0: in a meeting and the CEO walks in and he says, I've got this new plan. It's really great. I'm really excited about it. We've worked really hard. And he goes through it all. I heard what he said. I think the program is pretty cool. It's just not aligned with our values. Does anybody raise their hand? Most people, not a chance. A leader would say, I have a question. And the question is, I love the program. I think there's a ton of things in there that we could do But I do have some concern about how it aligns with our values, and I'm wondering, would it be possible to open that discussion?
1: Welcome to the Manage Self, Lead Others Leadership Podcast with Nina Sunday for experienced and aspiring people managers. This show helps you explore ways to become a more intentional leader. Each episode host nina sunday speaks with some of the brightest business minds on the planet who share a passion to elevate and transform team culture workplace culture hides in plain sight is yours flourishing join the movement to make your workplace a better place to work are you ready because it's time to manage self lead others a
2: thought leader and visionary Dan Silverberg is former Managing Director of Oracle and former CEO of many other well-known brands. A turnaround specialist, Dan has approved a methodology to achieve exponential revenue growth, profitability, and increased business valuation. With a master's degree in leadership and coaching, and founder and CEO of IntelliKey.ai, Dan is training the next generation of leaders. Welcome, Dan Silverberg.
0: One of the things about being a leader is how do you think and how do you think differently? And so, uh, as you know me, I tend to be provocative and we might as well start right with something that's provocative. Exactly. I
2: call you an iconoclast.
0: Thank you. So (laughs) the provocative statement is short of the Bible, leadership is the most written about and least understood topic in the world. So let me give you a frame of how I see currently business structure, because the structure has a lot to do with leadership. But tonight, what I really want to talk about, I think every time we talk about leadership out of the box, we're in the end zone. It's like we started on the five yard line for footballers and we went right to the end zone, but we never threw a pass or did anything. And so tonight, what I really want to talk about is being a leader, because until we understand who we as individuals are as a leader, leadership is kind of meaningless, right? It's like, well, what does it mean if I don't even know who I am, what my values are, what my mind maps are, what my belief system is, what my values are? And so tonight, what we're going to really do is take a deep dive into the inward journey. But in most corporations, what we're missing is the psychological safety. 100%. Right? It's not safe. It's not safe to make mistakes. It's not safe to not have the answer. It's not safe to actually delegate out leadership because that's the power that i have is my information and me as a leader if i delegate that out so how many people actually hire better than themselves very few part of the process on the inward journey is to become who we can become to become our next most radiant self our next best version of who we are beautiful so how do we look at business today well I'm sure there are going to be exceptions. So I want to have a general thing. Most corporations today are hierarchical. They're geographically dispersed. They're organized by division, but in a hierarchy is one frame, but the way the game works, it's called a pyramid. Yeah. So what happens in a pyramid? Well, From the bottom, there's lots of opportunity and lots of people can participate. But as we go near the top, it narrows. There is less possibility for lots of people to get there. And what that does is it creates a system. So the system is usually top down. The CEO will create the vision. He'll set the strategy for everybody else right it's sort of that top down idea now management as it comes down hopefully articulates what the ceo wants so that everybody gets aligned but then we also know that if there's 10 direct reports to the ceo and you say what's his vision and what does he want never will you get the same 10 answers so within this pyramid as it narrows what happens it's a it's a zero sum game either i get to be the senior vp Or you get to be the senior VP. In in many corporations, it is fear based. It is don't make a mistake. It's a one up one down game, right? I have seen this with my own eyes. Yep. And so I think a lot of people can resonate with this is the system, and the whole point of any system—a family, a business. Um, a relationship with a spouse and children is a system the whole idea of a system is homeostasis well once we're in homeostasis what that means is there's some elasticity here but it's not here and it's way not up here or, or way down here and what keeps the homeostasis is fear of rejection
2: Oh, that we all need to belong, that sense of belonging. So it sets up fear of rejection or abandonment or whatever is on that continuum.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so where does this come, come? It actually comes from the amygdala in our brain, which was the earliest development. And we actually needed that sort of looking for threats all the time. And if we were thrown out of the tribe, we really wouldn't survive. Right. Because we We, couldn't always catch something ourselves, but somebody else caught the food or somebody else made the fire or, you know, the women did other work to, you know, to harvest the vegetables and do things. And so if we weren't a part of the tribe, we were in real trouble. Well, we still have a hunter
2: gatherer brain
0: (laughs) operating in this world that we're in. (laughs) Well, if we're going to go, and we'll talk about the brain a little bit later, but basically (laughs) the amygdala, which is your fear flight. Freeze response is 20,000 times more powerful than the neocortex, which is your executive function, creativity, decision making. If you're in your fear, if you're in fear, fight, uh, flight, or freeze, this is not the time to buy a house, quit a job, get a divorce. This is calm yourself first and get back into the frontal cortex. So now I'm 40 and I'm grown up and I no longer want to be the peacekeeper. I just want to tell everybody what I really think. But to keep the peace and not to get rejected, I come back and I'm not in my value. I'm not authentic. I'm not where I'm a stand for in my life now here. And so when we look at the quiet resignation and we look at the quiet quitting and we look at the Decline of people participating in the workforce. I think what we're really seeing there is that our core principles are what we're really authentic, what we want to be a stand for, what our soul and spirit knows we're here to do, is in conflict with the career and the corporation.
2: But isn't that wonderful that this is starting to rise to the surface?
0: Yeah, it's lovely.
2: Well, except for the for the bosses at the top, the executives at the top. They they're trying to damp it down again.
0: <laughs> well, they're what they're being forced to do actually is to they're challenged. And now they have to look at the world maybe differently. Now maybe the people are our biggest asset actually has to come into focus as opposed to a nice to have phrase. Yeah. And the people and as so- they really
2: are. <laughs> Not as they're pretending to be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Something like that. So
2: people can bring their authentic self to work.
0: Not only can they bring their authentic self to work, they bring their authentic self to their life. Yeah. See, work is just, what, what happened with the pandemic is work became a slice of the pie. Before the pandemic, work was the pie. And the family might've been over here and my interests might've been over there. And so all of these things were more at the margin. And what happened during the pandemic is by being with our families, by being maybe by ourselves, we got to do some of the deeper work of actually looking at who we are and what we value. And now we have this kind of disconnect. But for leaders now who can embrace this new way, who can actually do their work to understand themselves in a way that they can find others acceptable for who they are, they will have an amazing company. So now there's a new book out called Teams of Endearment, a take on terms of endearment. That's right. Okay. Companies that deploy teams of endearment grow two and a half times faster than companies by Jim Collins, oh, when right. there is a recession and a downturn, they are significantly less in terms of the downturn they experience.
2: In other words, kindness and care is part of their value system. Is that is that one of the one of the values?
0: Yeah, the big the big value is empathy, oh, compassion. Empathy. Yeah. Yeah. So Carl Rogers. So I'm going to I'll I'll probably talk about different heroes that I have in my own journey. Please do. And Carl Carl Rogers is one of them. And he wrote a wonderful book called On Becoming a Person. And I would recommend that to anybody who wants to become a person. Yeah. But the basis of what he said was to that when I meet you, I want to be able to meet you exactly where you are to feel exactly what you're feeling, to be in your experience the way you are in it. I don't need to own it, but the more I can actually be with you in your experience unconditionally and not with judgment, the more I'll be in relationship with you. Yeah? Mm. So a little off of that is that for all of us, our desire is to be accurately seen, in the here and now, with positive regard, consistently and unconditionally. So how many times have you experienced that from your boss, from your company, from the people you interact with? How often do you give that to your customers? How often do you give that to your spouse, your partner, your kids, in developing your deeper relationships? And how much am I in judgment? I'm superior. You're inferior. Blah 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 blah. All that stuff that goes on in our minds. That's like keeps. And it's us... all
2: about the language of positive regard. So it's it's being willing to praise. And some people are a bit short on on offering praise.
0: Yeah. So tonight, what I what I thought I would do is I'm going to talk about the Achilles heel. I'm going to talk about why leadership is a Gordian knot and how difficult it is. to. If you know what a Gordian knot is, it's the way it's all put together. It's almost near impossible to get it undone. Right. Yeah. Mm. And so I think that's a a nice metaphor. We're going to talk some about values and we're going to talk about our deepest yearnings. But the four things that actually I think are the inward journey of leadership we will start with What does it say at the oracle of Delphi? Know thyself. Absolutely. Socrates, a life unexamined is a life not worth living. Rilke, who's a German poet, again, one of my heroes and favorites, there's only one journey, the journey inside. And it's this journey that we take inside to know ourselves that actually opens up our chance to become the leader that we're meant to be. Yeah? Absolutely. And so
2: and, and, and to read poetry gets us inside ourselves too, doesn't it, Rilke? <laughs> it's a great
0: poem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think by way of analogy, and what I hope to show also is that it's deep work and it comes from a lot of places. So there's growth mindset out there, Carol Dweck, right? There's grit and um, Angela There's all these different things that are out there, and they become data points. And the question is, how do I bring all those data points and synthesize them and own them in a way that's real for me, that's authentic for me, that oozes out of me without having to think about it? So, so much of corporations have spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on leader programs, leader development. And I think 80% of it, maybe more, has yielded very little. And is the that reason because it's
2: is, mainly models and, and models are theoretical and people need maybe more coaching in behaviour? Is that one of the problems?
0: It's that most of it is external focus, not internal
2: focus. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Well, this is the whole point of what you're saying, is that it's right. not about how you interact. It's like how are you interacting
0: with yourself? Right. So, one of the leader development programs would be social emotional intelligence. And what we know from Harvard Business Review is 90% of CEO effectiveness is a high social emotional quotient. Okay. Now what? <laughs> well, how do you measure it? <laughs>
2: how right? do they
0: measure it? Right. So, I'm in a meeting, yeah. And all of a sudden I'm getting really angry and I'm yelling and I'm talking really fast and la, 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 la. And somebody would like to say, do you think you could downregulate that a little bit, Dan? And maybe you could get grounded and centered so we could be with you. The opposite is I'm in a meeting and someone's talking like, and you just want to say, can you take a B12 shot? Could you like up your energy a little bit? That kind of self-awareness in a social environment, right? I just went upstairs. My boss just... Rip me a new one about how inadequate I am, how bad a job I'm doing. Why isn't my team performing? And, you know, it was 20 minutes of nonstop bricks on my head. Now, what do I do? Do I go down to my team and do the same to them? Or do I step back and go, ouch, that really hurt that he has this opinion. Let's actually see where he's accurate. And let's get to the team. And put this out in a positive way that says, you know, I was just upstairs with Jim and here's his deep concerns. Here's where I can agree. What do you all think as we go forward? How do we want to approach this so that we can deliver better what they're looking for? That's a whole lot better than me coming down and screaming just because I got reactive in the moment. Yeah? And if, if so- you
2: get that that tough message, you can be the filter. And and filter it out in a in a calmer, um, more uh, able to be executed way. So and and bring people in in as a let's problem solve this. So you uh, you don't have to share the emotion.
0: <laughs> well, sometimes it's you know what if I'm if I'm the senior VP, I should have big enough shoulders that I can take whatever Jim is saying. I might even say to Jim, you know, I heard everything you just said. And I'd like to share with you that when you get that upset and that emotional, it actually doesn't serve me to be able to stay in relationship. And I'd really like to see if you and I could work together so that you get your needs met and I can take it in in a way that I can actually deliver back.
2: I just love that. That's the way to handle it. That's it. So
0: how many people would do that? Not many. That's a oh my t- god, t- I'm I'm afraid of my job. If I tell Jim that he's a jerk or what I'll get fired. No, Jim just thinks his behavior is acceptable because no one calls him on it. Correct. So we're in a meeting, and the CEO walks in and he says, I've got this new plan. It's really great. I'm really excited about it. We've worked really hard. And he goes through it all. And there are people in the audience sitting there going, I heard what he said. I think the program is pretty cool. It's just not aligned with our values. Does anybody raise their hand? Most people, not a chance. A leader, a leader, not by situation or title, would say, I have a question. And the question is, I love the program. I think there's a ton of things in there that we could do and actually get across the transom. But I do have some concern about how it aligns with our values. And I'm wondering, would it be possible to open that discussion either in a group or could I do it with you one on one? And you know what happens in that? Everybody in the audience goes, I want to work for him. They also go, he's going to be fired in an hour. (laughs) But but you know what happens is it's counterintuitive. It makes you trustworthy.
2: Yeah, but you and you're doing it in a way that hopefully the person uh, it's directed to can hear it, because there's it's it's got empathy, it's got calmness, it's not expressing angst, it's just stating a fact, it's just put laying your cards on the table.
0: So I'll give you I'm an example in my yeah, I'll give you an example in my own background. So I'm in a company, and I say what's on my mind. And sometimes I'll talk to others in the company and say what I'm unhappy about. And what they do is they go and tattle to the owner. And the owner calls me in the office and he goes, did you say that? And I go, uh, I, yes, I did. If I did. And I go, no, it was far more nuanced than that. Yep. And I said, where did you get that? And he said, well, there's somebody who came in and I went, do you believe in ghosts? And he went, no. And I went, neither do I. So if you want to have this conversation, then you need to bring in the person who's hiding and we'll all have a conversation as mature adults. And then he brings the people in and they say, well, no, that's not what he really said. What he said was which was more nuanced, like I said. And then, you know what the owner said? He said, I may not like what Dan said. But the thing about Dan is, I always know where he stands. And with you people, I never know. That's- because you don't speak truth. Mm-hmm. See, he'll speak the truth for him. And most of the time, what he's saying is pretty accurate, right? And so again, from a leader perspective, I'm not willing to suppress where I think bringing these things to the fore can create a better environment. I also don't expect that if I have a conversation with you, you're going to go tattle on the owner. You know, you could say to me, you know what, Dan, I don't really want you telling me what you think isn't working. Fair enough. I won't do it then. Right. So where are we in our integrity, where our word matters, where we don't become passive aggressive? We're not creating the politics of the game. And I think, you know, and so when we look at leadership, we tend to, I think the the consensus about leadership is it's about a person in charge who wields power. In a lot of cases, it's situational because of title. And it has an effect on others who are, quote, followers. So when we hear yeah. about leadership, we have leader and followers, In my world, a leader, his main assignment is to create more leaders. It's not to have followers. It's to Uh, have more leaders. Exactly. Yeah. But we don't delegate leadership in a company for the most part, which is why most of the development programs don't work because they're not habituated. They're not enforced. They're not communicated. They're not compensated. They're not reinforced. People don't say, "Nina, you had a chance to lead here. In the future, I I know since you just told me what you thought we should be doing, it would be really helpful for you to step up and in the meeting say these things because I think people really are going to like it. Do you ever have that conversation in a meeting? I never had that with a boss.
2: But that's what a boss can do to encourage people to say what they think and then if, because my thought is if a thought pops in your head and you're at a meeting, you are duty-bound to find a way to express it in a way that people will hear it. It's, it seems to me that if, if, you're, if your wheels are turning, express it and go with the thoughts that are coming in your head and that's where authenticity will come in.
0: But that's where the psychological safety of the container sits. See, if it's not psychologically safe, if you're told park your brain at the door, do as you're told, right? Then guess what? What's ever going on up here is never coming out.
2: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's the proviso. And, yeah.
0: And so as leaders, we set the tone. We set, so we come into an office and there's this beautiful thing on the wall, mission, vision, values, all of that stuff, right? Beautiful. The question is, how do you as a company make your decisions? Do you make it on what's on the wall or is there a whole different way that you make the decisions? Let me just
2: ask you, Dan, I get the feeling that you have a certain extra bit of courage that even if that permission wasn't given by the executive, you would still find a way to say what you think. So it's up to people to find that courage.
0: Well, I did that my whole career. Sometimes it worked well and sometimes it didn't, Mm. right? And sometimes leaders are fragile and they don't want you to do that. But being in my integrity from a very early child was important to me. Telling truth was very important to me.
1: Nina Sunday is on a mission, helping leaders transform culture. Nina travels from Brisbane, Australia for in-person presentations Australia-wide. Certified virtual presenter, Nina Sunday presents virtually, globally, for any time zone. To book Nina Sunday CSP to speak at your conference, visit ninasunday.com to request a proposal.
0: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite
1: Radio Network. For more top
0: business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.